This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Take talk with you anywhere. On your computer or smartphone, log on to Talk1370.com. What a beautiful, beautiful site. Stay connected with Talk 1370, the right choice. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good afternoon, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, today we have on the phone Isaiah Washington. He's an American actor that has started in a long list of films, but he is best known for his role as Preston Burke on ABC medical drama Grey's Anatomy. Isaiah is going to talk to us about the Jordan Edwards shooting. Also, we have inside the studio Theo Ribs. He's a professional shooter. And as a bonus, we also have Willie T. Ribs, the first African-American to compete in the Indianapolis 500 in 1991. But before we chat with our studio guests, on April 29th, 2017, Jordan Edwards, a 15-year-old boy, was fatally shot by a police officer in Balt Springs, Texas. Now, the 15-year-old was shot in the back of the head while riding in the front passenger seat of a vehicle driving away from a party. The 15-year-old child was unarmed, and the police officer has been fired from the department and charged with murder. Now, according to the initial reports, the officers were responding around 11 p.m. to a 911 call reporting several underage kids drunk, walking around at a party of approximately 100 people. Upon arrival, the officers allegedly heard gunshots, which created panic and caused party goers to flee. Now, police originally stated there was an unknown altercation with the vehicle backing down the street towards the officers in an aggressive manner. Officer Roy Oliver fired three rifle rounds into the vehicle, striking Edwards and killing him. Along with Edwards, the car contained two of Edwards' brothers and two friends. Now, Edwards' 16-year-old brother was driving the car. Lee Merritt, a lawyer for Edwards' family, said Oliver shot through the front passenger side window, and Edwards was pronounced dead at a local hospital. Now, according to the police, Edwards' brother was held in police custody overnight for the purpose of questioning him as a witness. After reviewing body cam footage, Police Chief Jonathan Haber later admitted that the vehicle was not moving toward the officers, but rather away from them. 
And Heber said that he had misspoke, saying, I was unintentionally incorrect yesterday when I said that the victim's vehicle was backing down the road. A later statement by the police department said the vehicle then pulled forward as the officer continued to approach the vehicle, giving verbal commands. The vehicle continued the main roadway, driving away from the officer as an officer shot into the vehicle, striking the passenger. Now, Oliver was fired from the police department as a result of the shooting, and he had been a member of the Balt Springs Police Department for six years. Now, I want you to listen to uh, this interview uh, with the the family of the, the teen uh, by their attorney. To insinuate that there was some sort of bad acts on their part that caused an officer to shoot multiple rounds into a vehicle occupied by uh, five teenagers, there can be, there is no, there will be no justification. We are declaring war on bad policing. Uh, this has happened far too often. Uh, we are tired of making the same rhetorical demands. All right, so let me bring into the conversation Isaiah Washington, our actor. Uh, when you know, and I remember Isaiah as a as an actor on Grey's Anatomy, and I know he's starting so many other different films. But Isaiah is a good friend of mine, and I I want to give you a nice warm welcome to Texas, Isaiah. How you doing today, sir? How you doing, Michael? How are you and the rest of the guests? All right, we're doing outstanding. Um, before we get into talking about this shooting that happened in uh, North Texas here, um, you know, uh, kind of tell us, you know, what are you working on now? Well, <clears throat> Michael, I was a little hesitant. Uh, I think anyone who follows me on Facebook knows I've been uh, very active. I'm, I've been very active on my Facebook page for a numerous amount of reasons because I can get a direct connection to the people in the world internationally and my fans around the world and domestically. Uh, April 29th, I chose to be rain silent <clears throat> because of the 25th. I don't know how I can say it, but anyway, the 25th reminder, I call it, but the, the 25th anniversary of the uh, Los Angeles riots here where I reside. I didn't really want to, uh, I had many invitations to come and talk about Rodney King and the LAPD and have all these talking heads talk about what went wrong and this, that, and the other. And I just chose to stay off of social media during that whole time. The irony is that I completely missed uh, the Jordan Edwards um, situation because I had distanced myself from all media, including television. I just did not want to be reminded of a, what is still a very uh, sore spot with me um, from 25 years ago. Um, just this morning when I knew I was going to be talking to you, I posted on my Facebook page, and I'll just share it with you. What I'm doing now is, is is talking about Jordan Edwards. I'm a proud Texan. I'm a veteran. A lot of people don't know that. I'm starting to come out that uh, more and more. Um, I'm all about gun advocacy and, and, and gun education on my own now that I know the 2A conversation has been happening out there. So I'm letting people know that, you know, first and foremost, I'm a human. Uh, I've been active for years, and I care. I have sons of my own. And uh, about 52 minutes ago, I wrote, um, you know, a 15-year-old unarmed teenager is no match for a public servant that will use his assault rifle 
to gain control of a situation. Even trained military personnel in combat zones cannot fire unless fired upon by enemy combatant. Roy Oliver is a liar and has brought great dishonor to all honorable veterans and those honorable police officers doing a terrific job under great stress and duress. Roy Oliver was dead wrong on many levels and should be charged with murder in the first degree like any other U.S. citizen would be. Manslaughter is not an option. I have two sons that are honor students as well. They are 18 and 15 year old, and I cannot remain silent on this one. Rest in peace, Jordan Edwards. Obviously, that is my opinion. And under the First Amendment rights, I'm entitled to that opinion. But I'm also entitled to seek not just justice, but resolution. The other thing that a lot of people don't know, <clears throat> when I call for people to stay home on September 26th after Terrence Crusher had been shot in Oklahoma, I put together a team of people, quarrel, civil rights activists, uh, a gentleman who was wanted to become a law enforcement officer in Minnesota but opted not to based on the training that he was receiving that seemed a little uh, more aggressive than he had anticipated in terms of dealing with the communities or just anyone that's not law enforcement. And that was his choice. But he had a lot of great insight. I put together a congressional lawyer, and we start to go about the business to talk about how the civilian review boards should be changed and how legislation from state to state should change the language on what it means to use deadly force. There's many statutes out there from state to state that in the language, it can make it very, very easy for an individual who makes a mistake to say, I fear for my life. And what a lot of people don't know is that when it comes to using force or deadly force, uh, civilians actually have to follow the same law as law enforcement officers. And that's something that a lot of people forget about. And when it comes to, you know, a situation of, you know, shooting out a vehicle, because uh, someone asked this a little earlier before we went live, and, and that is that the only reason you would be justified in shooting in a vehicle, if, if someone in that vehicle is actually trying to harm you or someone else, uh, or if there's, you know, they, you're trying to retrieve some type of property or something like that, other than that, you know, you, you wouldn't be justified. And, and exactly, and, and just keep that and like in I mind. Said, <clears throat> I, I remain silent to try to let uh, the investigation take run its course once uh, I was made aware of it. Um, and now that this information has come out, uh, Mr. Oliver has been charged and arrested as it should be. Um, you know, I, I, I'm proud to say I'll be 54 years old this year, and all of my mentors, you know, from Diane Carroll to Sidney Poitier, are older. Older congresspersons, older uh, council persons, council assembly members, those are my go-to people, and most of them are in their sixties and their seventies. And you've also and, had you've also had tragedy in your life because uh, didn't uh, wasn't there something that happened with your father when you were a young age? Oh uh, yeah, well that that that's that's again a part that was his fault. You know, um, my father uh, was a very abusive man. Uh, so again, I, I'm, I'm going into this, this 
thing of accountability. Mm-hmm. He was murdered because a person in the state of Texas felt like their life was in jeopardy. So she defended herself. Uh, I can, although as painful as it was, I do know that my father was abusive. So we all have to be accountable for our actions. And accountability is something that I'm seeking. I mean, justice, the word justice has been thrown out there a lot. The word liberty has been thrown out there a lot. The word stand your ground has been thrown out there a lot over the years. But, you know, when I was younger, it was honorable to admit that you've done something wrong. What it says to me, when Mr. Oliver and his partner unintentionally wrote the facts down as public servants, they knew something was wrong. And my idea of justice is making sure that we create legislation, we create a safe space in this country that's being torn apart even more and more as we speak to really go about the business of making everyone accountable, including myself. You know, if you've done the crime, you have to be able to do the time. So basically what you're saying is um, you're thinking that law enforcement officers you know, need to be held accountable for their actions, and, and when they do something wrong, they should be charged and also convicted just like a regular citizen. Because when a citizen, when a citizen does something to a law enforcement officer, like uh, you're going to hear in our news uh, segment a little later on, uh, a young man was at home one night and uh, there was someone breaking into a, uh, an apartment or home across the street or something like that. They called 911. The police officers came out to the scene. They were investigating. They came to this guy's house and he thought that there were burglars outside trying to break into his home and he shot through the door. And so, again, a, yeah. again, a grave mistake. You know, after playing a doctor for years, I studied the, the medical community. Uh, I, I watched a nurse make a mistake. I don't, and, and I, I'm not going to mention the hospital, but there are certain jobs uh, that that people have that when these individuals make mistakes, like an airline pilot, a nurse, a surgeon, when these people have a bad day or make a mistake, people die. These are exclusive, and I really believe that the people who take these career fields on have to know the level of responsibility and the level of power that they possess in people's lives. And we're talking with Isaiah Washington. He's an American actor, uh, known best known for his uh, his portrayal in Grey's Anatomy. Also, we have later on the show uh, Theo Ribs, professional shooter, and also Willie T. Ribs, the first African American uh, to compete in Indianapolis 500. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Doug DuBois, Jr., Executive Director of the Texas State Rifle Association. You're listening to Michael Cargill and Come and Talk It Radio. Keep up with the latest breaking news in Austin and around the world. Take a moment to make sure you're following us on Twitter at Talk1370. Let the tweeting begin! Just one more way to stay connected with Talk1370. The right choice. You have made the right choice. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. So we're back and we're talking with uh, Isaiah Washington. Isaiah's in California. 
And I tell you, I mean, Isaiah is a good friend of mine, and you know, we chat from time to time. And you know, and if I if I have any issues, I got to call Isaiah up and say, you know, Isaiah, you know, uh, man, you know, stuff is going on. You know, give me some insight here. You know, what can I do? So uh, he's a he's a a great person, a wonderful actor. But Isaiah, I want to ask you, you're working on a new project right now, a new film, right? Um, <clears throat> no, the, the the film that I'm working on, yes, is uh. I'm looking to uh, do it in Ghana and support the new presidency of that that great nation in Ghana. Um, You know, hopefully everything will come together by this June. But I think the most uh, recent uh, forays I've had uh, as an actor that I'm most proud of, although I'm still uh, actively being aired every Wednesday uh, on The 100, which is a a lovely CW Network show, the the biggest thing I'm most proud of uh, was my participation on Blue Bloods uh, on the, for the 150th episode where I played Deputy Chief Travis Jackson, a gentleman who took the NYPD to task because he didn't want to retire <laughs> at 63 years old. So obviously I'm not 63, so I, it, I had to rely on some pretty pretty strong acting in support of a lot of the uh, uh, former law enforcement there to, to get me through that wonderful scenario. It was really a, a lot of fun working with Mr. Selleck. And then uh, recently, uh, April 18th, I had a, a big splash on this new show on CBS called Bull, where I got to play, uh, now get this, a former civil rights attorney who recently became a kind of attorney who's only interested in uh, uh, representing high-powered celebrities and got himself caught in a in a crime that everyone thought he committed by killing his, his uh, fiance, only to find out that he didn't do the crime. But that was a lot of fun, but the, the irony of it is that I find myself playing very interesting public servants. And so tell, that, and, and also, uh, you what kind of firearms you own? Because you own some guns yourself, right? Oh, man. I've, oh, my God. Over the years, I've gone from Smith & Wesson 9mm to uh, various 45s. I think the one I still uh, work out with today is a pair of ordnance, ordnance uh, 45 ACP and um, a Daniel Davidson four rifle and a forty five seventy rifle. And you got uh, you I got a, a you got a pretty good shot group there. So you're working with any instructors out there in California? <laughs> I look at you, Michael. Yeah, yes, I sent you recently some pictures of my targets. Yeah, I enjoy shooting um, as a as a hobby. Uh, uh, I just discovered through a good friend of mine and Wayne Hubbard. He just turned me on to um, the professional um, sporting clays. Um, and the different kinds of shotguns that he uses. So I think I'm going to go there and purchase myself a Beretta, you know, shotgun. So I really can't no, wait. You know what? We're going to have to send uh, uh, Theo out there uh, to to help you with that because uh, that's that's Theo's thing. You know, he's uh, – Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Sporting Clays? Yeah, let me, bring, let me bring Theo Ribs in here to the conversation here. So, Theo, <laughs> you, you can help Isaiah out when it comes to shooting, shooting Clays, right? What's going on, Isaiah? How you doing, buddy? I'm well, Theo. How are you? Good, man. Good. Yeah, so uh, you're looking to get into sporting clays, huh? Man, I just literally, uh, you know, I have to be honest. My good friend brought it up to me uh, late last night. And you know the danger about being on, you know, getting on YouTube. You end up going down that rabbit hole for the next five hours. Right, right. I got to tell you, man, it's, you know, I'm a golfer. I love golfing. So, 
seeing those golf carts going from station to station, that thing that that got me like you wouldn't believe. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, it's like golf with a shotgun, I, really. Yeah, I was like, now what is this? You know, so yeah, man, I'm I'm very excited about it, and I want to learn more. Yeah, definitely. I think you'll love it. I don't know about a Beretta, but uh, uh, I think you'll uh, do better with a Kohler. That's uh, just my honest opinion. Uh, okay. All right. All right. I'll take that. I'll take that. Like, you think I the Colt's better? Kohler. A Kohler? Kohler. Yeah, they're uh, made here in, they're in Wisconsin, and they only specialize in competition shotguns, whereas Beretta, obviously, they do pistols, rifles, shotguns. All types of guns, so they're more wide range. Where Kohler, they have just zoned in Spell on that for only me. Uh, Ko. Is that Ko? Okay. Not no. There's no H in there. Oh no H. Oh okay okay. Kohler okay. Yeah. Oh man, I don't yeah, have I'm, those on my I'm website. Writing, See, I'm that oh, down. you're messing with me now. <laughs> I'm looking it up. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> okay. Huh, okay. Right. So tell me a little bit more about this Kohler. I'd never even heard of that before. Yeah, they're they range from about nine thousand all the way up to probably forty five thousand, just depending on the engraving you want to get on it. But you know, the triggers are amazing. Probably the best triggers in sports shooting. Uh, the weight of the gun, the balance, the way it moves is amazing. And the recoil for a 12-gauge is its almost like shooting a 20-gauge. There's no recoil at all. And that's thats probably the best thing because you could shoot uh, a lot and not, you know, get bothered by the recoil. Nice. Man, so how long, how long have they been around? Not too long. They're, you know, not a lot of people know about them. They're, like I said, they're mainly only trap. Skeet and sporting clays, and I like the fact that they're made in America. Right, that's a big, huge plus there. Yeah, exactly. Man, okay, that's that's good. In addition, I'm looking at it too. Now, obviously, I would be a novice for the novices out there. um, You know, although I may be in a different you know space, but you know, Theo, nine thousand dollars for a shotgun when you get starting out is uh, (laughs) that's, that's, that's that's pretty hefty. I mean, are there any other? Shotgun, someone like myself, just starting out that that you would recommend, and then hopefully graduate to the to the Kohler, which is something I probably would just invest in because I'm looking at it. It's just a magnificent magnificent piece of machinery here. But are there any other? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to help you out on this one, uh, Theo. What you can do is you come see me, and we can put it on layaway for you, and we can make <laughs> that work out for you. <laughs> so we'll we'll make it work for you. Good. Uh, I mean. Beretta is always a good gun. I started with them. I I was with them for seven years, uh, first seven years of my career. So, you know, they're always a good okay. gun. You know, semi-automatic. Uh, that's what I had started with as a a young teenager. So, yeah, they're they're a okay. good gun, good starter gun. I would say. Okay. okay. And and I had yeah. shot with them all the way up to 2015, and I shot their their top uh, over and under. It's called a Beretta DT11, which is a good gun, but Comparing it to the Kohler, it's, it's like comparing a like my my dad, who's a race car driver. It's like comparing a NASCAR to a uh, Formula One car. You know, totally, <laughs> totally two different things. I get your point. You know. Okay, I get it. Okay, okay. All right, man. Okay, uh, so Isaiah, 
All right, so you you working on you got some new projects you're working on, and and I like the fact you got some guns. I tell you, we're gonna get Theo out there to California, or maybe get you to Texas. You know what? I think we need to bring you to Texas. I, I, I think I think I, I think it would be better because I don't Texas. like we don't like going to California, so we have to bring you here. You know, because well, we, well, 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 no no comment on that, man. I still have to live <laughs> in this state, so uh, I'm gonna reserve my comments about arms in, in the state of California. Yeah, so we we got to get you here to Texas, and that way we can get you out to the gun range here and get you shooting some clays, and I get you on the pistol range and work with you a little bit. But I tell you, I have you shooting and moving like there's no tomorrow. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. I, and I tell you what, um, and then we're going to get you back on the show again later on down the road to uh, see if we can get you here. Uh, you know, maybe we have some kind of gun event also on top of that. Because I also want you to, I want to I introduce you to uh, some state reps that we have here that are working on some of the stuff that you're talking about. You know, holding police accountable and making sure there's stuff in there. And, that we, and there's something that I saw that you wrote that you touched on, and that was... When it comes to like police monitoring and police monitors and, you know, these groups that are formed to you know investigate the law enforcement, they don't have, you know, regular citizens in those groups, you know, the, you know that way. And, and and those groups also don't really have the power to do anything. And that's something that I think that needs to change. You know, we shouldn't have law enforcement investigating themselves and clearing themselves of wrongdoing. Uh, we need to have an independent group. That's the only way to make it happen, have an independent group to invest, investigate these things, and that way that it clears everyone's conscience. Well, I think that, you know, currently the system, you know, this is 2017. You know, uh, technology has changed us all. Um, the very fabric of this nation has changed. Although a lot of great things have happened in America, a lot of things still need to be worked on. And, um, like I said, the what I discovered with my quorum when we were engaging uh, with most of these these unfortunate tragedies uh, between uh, civilians and public servants, or law enforcement, uh, with the research we were coming up with, there was just one through line that seemed to be standing out more than anything. And again, like I said, is the language with the statutes for use of deadly force from state to state needs to be taken look uh, a serious look at if people want to be serious and, and and bring about justice and protection for both sides of the fence. Uh, there's a lot of good law for it. one of my best friends are top special agents of the DEA uh, or close to the Department of Justice, which is why I, I, I'm looking to get the Department of Justice attention and have a conversation uh, later this year uh, to talk about uh, the relationship between the DOJ the civilian review boards and the district attorney okay. because a lot of indictments don't come down because I think a lot of people are sensitive to law enforcement as they should be. It's a tough job and it's getting tougher. But at the same time, when these, these incidents come up, it just doesn't bode well, man, for, for both sides. Uh, so we have to find some kind of, uh, uh, not a fail safe, but some, some, some new, uh, uh, ways to to address these issues so everyone can feel like everyone can be in somewhat made whole. Very well said. I tell you what, we definitely got to get you back on the show sometime because um, I really enjoy the conversation. I really appreciate you making this phone call all the way to Texas, to Austin, Texas. So you definitely got to come back and talk with us again and definitely come visit us here in Texas for sure. Absolutely. 
All right. All right. Awesome, sir. Thank you very much for coming on, and you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too, Michael. Thank you, Theo. Thank you, Willie. Hey, thank you, Isaiah. You have a good rest of the day. All right, bye-bye. All right, that is Isaiah Washington, actor who's out in California, uh, best known for his role in Grey's Anatomy. And I tell you, Isaiah's a, a, an awesome friend, a wonderful person who's, you know, getting into the, the shooting sports, and I tell you, and that's always great to hear. Uh, so now let me bring into the conversation. You know what? Let me bring up to the mic Willie T. Because Willie T, um, you know, how did you get, you know, you got started in Indianapolis 500. You know, how did that even happen? Well, actually, I didn't. My my dad raced as a hobby. My family had a pr- very successful business in San Jose, California, and my dad raced as a hobby. My grandfather was a shooter, mm. and my uncle were shooters. And so I sh- on, on his ranch, I learned how to shoot when I was home uh, so with my dad. What did they shoot? Oh, they shot quail, pheasant, uh, deer. They didn't shoot competition. Mm. They shot game. Okay. And that was my introduction to uh, shooting sports. Wow. But, but Now, what kind of guns do you use? Well, he, at that time, he had a gun cabinet. And when we were growing up, uh, you didn't, the gun cabinet wasn't locked, but you wouldn't dare go in it. That was the discipline he had. It was about... You know, he had Browning uh, A5s, and he had Remington uh, 870s. He also had deer rifles as well. Because you knew better, because that's, uh, that's what well, parenting is what we're talking about here, folks. Old school. And, and <laughs> old gran- school parenting. A- 1899 old school. That's right. So you, everybody Titanic. knew where the guns were, but you knew not to you touch them. You didn't look at the gun cap. That's what, what I'm would have happened if you would have grabbed one of those? He'd, he'd put his foot so deep in your butt, <laughs> they'd have to amputate it to knee to get it out. <laughs> Oh, that man. was it was not even a thought. Now, if you wanted to go out, you'd ask him and he'd give you a certain amount of shells. Mm-hmm. But there were certain things that he taught right away. And he was not a doting grandfather. My aunt, they weren't doting. This is how you're going to handle this gun. You're not going to load it until you get out there. And this is how, how you're going to hold the muzzle. And and you're not going to get ready to load until you know it's time to shoot. Mm. You don't put your finger in that trigger hole. There was just certain things that were, and he'd wa- if he he watched you, but he watched you where you didn't see him watching. <laughs> and uh, that was it. And you weren't even allowed to squirt each other with a squirt gun. That's how disciplined. You don't point any gun at anybody, mm. whether it was a toy pistol or a water gun. That's how he was. And... You know, once I started racing, I got up, left the ranch because I grew up on the ranch, and I went back to California, San Jose, and I started my racing career. I went to England and started racing. I didn't shoot that much because I was so focused on, on racing. And then I won my first championship in England, came back to the United States, and then raced here, uh, raced for Dan Gurney, raced for Roush and Ford, and then went on to race Indy cars. So if you had to change, if you had to do it all over again, would you get into shooting as a sport? As I, mean, I as, know, as a competition. Well, as a, I, I and like Theo shoot, shaking his head. No. I like shooting <laughs> as a uh, as a sport, and there's a lot of great people in the sport, mm-hmm. and that's why you know Theo. A lot a lot of people in the sports media ask me, well, why didn't you push Theo into driving race cars? Mm. 
I said, well, because he was naturally good at shooting and he has more control of his destiny with that shotgun in his shoulder mm. than driving a racing car. Mm. Not from the standpoint of getting hurt or injured, but having the right equipment. To be in auto racing and successful, you have to have millions and millions and millions of corporate dollars mm. or you're not going to be successful, no matter how good you are. I, I, can I ask you a question? I, I love to drive fast, um, <laughs> uh, and I've never gone that fast in a car. I've gone in my own car probably 170. That's the fastest I've ever driven. <laughs> What's it feel like to drive that fast? Were you were you always excited? Did you have some fear? How 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 was it? You say 70 or 170? 170. That's what I on 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 Austin roads, <laughs> back roads. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, okay, one one seventy is quick in, in anything, and it, it, you really don't you what after a hundred miles per hour, if you don't really know unless you have a, a a gauge in front of you, you don't really know how much faster you're going. I mean, once you break the hundred barrier, mm. you get to two hundred, you have to actually look down and know you're going two hundred miles per hour. If there was no gauge, it would be very hard. Driving in a straight line, uh, your your grandma can do it. Yeah. But if when you get into that corner, two hundred and thirty miles per hour, it makes you a racer. Mm. And that's one of the things that that you know you perfect as a driver. You perfect how to get through that corner uh, at high speed without crashing. Man, so to listen to you talk about this, how in the world did you know? Theo, let me ask you, you know, wh- how can you just feel that passion there? Because I, j- I felt that, that passion for driving. You know, how come you didn't get into driving? I don't know. Like like my dad said, he really never pushed it on me. I really never uh, pursued it too hard. I mean, I had a go-kart growing up as a kid. But I really, he never pushed it, and I never pursued it. And so I, I went in the, the shooting avenue, and... I was pretty good at shooting right off the bat, and so something that I like to do with my dad first and foremost, and then I'm a competitor, you know. My family were extremely competitive no matter what we're doing, and so as soon as I got good, I wanted to compete and keep doing it, and as soon as you win in anything, winning's you know, an addicting thing. You want to keep winning and, and keep working hard and, and uh, all that, but yeah, racing, I, I enjoy racing. I like watching it. I do drive fast. He always, you know, tells me, "Man, you need to take it easy on your, <laughs> on your vehicles and all this other stuff." Because I've, I had an Audi. I broke the motor mount on it. Yeah, you know, jumped it accidentally, and so I, I drive fast. But, uh, <laughs> I gotta, you know, uh, tune tune it down a little bit because uh, it's working on my pocketbook a little bit. Too much. <laughs> all right, so we come back. We're gonna ask Theo about uh, the Olympics and. You know, what's going on with that? What happened with it? What are you going to do? What are your plans? Uh, We're talking with Theo Ribs. We're talking with Willie T. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Maj Toure. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill.
Get the latest business news from CNBC. Weekday mornings at 6.30 and 8.30 and weekday afternoons at 12.30, 4.30 and 5.30. We make you smarter. Hopefully it'll also make you some money. Stay connected with Talk 1370, the right choice. Thanks for making the right choice. I don't know where I would get the truth if it weren't for you. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. We're talking all things firearms. Now, here's Michael Cargill. Now it's time for GGN, Global Gun News. Global Gun News, sponsored by Central Texas Gunworks, the largest online gun store in Texas. In the news. Metal detectors at gun-free zones. This Wednesday, the Tennessee House passed a bill that presents an ultimatum to the cities and counties of the volunteer state. Given the choice between allowing individuals to carry firearms inside their buildings or post security guards and metal detectors for the public buildings, parks, and other places that are designated gun-free, Representative William Lamberth, a sponsor of the bill, claimed, The goal here is to ensure that in areas where we're allowing locals and entities to prohibit guns, that they actually aren't there. Local governments would be forced to place at least one security guard for every public entrance to operate the metal detector, checkbacks, etc. Some exclusions apply, such as in the case with mental health facilities, Department of Children's Services, schools, and other facilities. The state's Public Transportation Association estimates that the bill's new requirements could cost the four largest urban public transit system $36 million in yearly costs, making it fiscally and operationally impossible, according to Jason Spain, the executive director. Young man makes a self-defense mistake. In a Detroit neighborhood, a young man and his family were privy to rumors and information of recent break-ins and other burglaries in the area, and they were understandably on edge. It was on the night of April the 16th when they saw what looked to be individuals breaking into the house across the street. They called the police and awaited the arrival of some help. During that time, another pair of men arrived with flashlights and talked outside the house for some time, only to walk up to the front door. A young man in the house, Juwan Plummer, at only 19 years old, was watching them make their way toward his house, undoubtedly worried by what was to come. So worried, in fact, that he didn't even see that the men were actually the police officers who he'd called for. Once they arrived at the door, Plummer waited behind the nearest window with a shotgun, and after they announced their presence, he fired a shot at them, striking one officer in the face and the other hitting with shrapnel. No one else was injured, and luckily the officers were taken to the hospital and are going to recover. Plummer, on the other hand, is being charged with multiple felonies, facing well over 20 years. His father spoke about the story, saying he was just the man of the house trying to do the right thing, concerned, worried about his mother and his brother. Mama Bear Protects Son Early Monday morning, a Florida mother was almost forced to live through what undoubtedly would have been her worst nightmare. As her teenage child and some other boys were up late playing video games, an unexpected knock was heard at the door. When a few of the men went to go check who it was arriving at such a late hour, they were confronted by two men invaded the house with guns. One boy ran into the bathroom and locked the door for cover, only to have the gunman fire aimlessly through the door, hitting the child in the abdomen. 
After the initial gunshots rang out, the boy's mother, who was in the nearby bedroom retrieving her own firearm, came out in full force, ready to protect her own. A few shots were taken by the mother until the intruders fled the scene and were later picked up when trying to be seen for their injuries at the very same hospital and same time as the young boy. The suspects were arrested, and luckily the injured boy is expected to recover. And that's the Global Gun News Report for May of 2017. All right, so we're back and we're talking with Willie T. Ribs, also talking with Theo Ribs, and we're talking about shooting clays. We're talking about racing, but let's, you know what, let's get back to, sh- to shooting. So, uh, Theo, so what's going on with the Olympics? Um, I'm not focused on the Olympics at this moment. Uh, they don't have sporting clays in the Olympics. They mm. only have trap and okay. skeet. And uh, so my efforts and my focus are on sporting clays at the moment. I think uh, once I win a world championship, uh, maybe my efforts will uh, go somewhere else. Maybe I'll start focusing on trap, international trap or international skeet. Um, but I won't know in, uh, until I get that uh, world championship. How long do you think we're away from that world championship? I need this to happen this year. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, it ain't going to happen this year. I, it's already passed, and Is it? Uh, okay, I didn't okay. win it. So, But uh, I do have the national championship left. When's, I have the when's US the Nationals? Open. Uh, the Nationals is in San Antonio oh, every wow. year. Yep. Okay, I didn't know that. Yep. So May I've, I ask a question? Yeah, please. I've gone skeet shooting before. Yeah. I mean, I did horrible, but it was fun. What's the difference between sporting clays and skeet shooting? So you shot skeet. They got the high house uh-huh. on your left, and then they got the low house on your right. And they, you just go around a grid, sort of like an arc, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. You just go around, and you shoot 25 targets. Um, you know, and they all the same speed. And all you do is just rotate around. And so sporting clays, it's like golf with a shotgun. You go from station to station. It's usually 12 to 15 stations. And each station, they'll have two machines, and it's always different at each station. And so you could get one going away from you and one coming to you, or you can get a rabbit running on the ground, or you can get a crosser. You know, we shoot so many varied targets at, so many different speeds targets are thrown from, say, 20 miles an hour all the way up to 65 miles an hour. And then, you know, we shoot usually anywhere from 10 yards distance all the way up to usually 65 yards. And so, you know, in my opinion, you have to be a much better shooter to be a sporting clay shooter than you do a trapper skeet shooter because you're it's really trapping skeet's just mental game, whether you can – shoot 500 straight you hit 500 straight targets or sporting clays you gotta you gotta be great at so many different mm-hmm. types of angles and speeds of a target like we had um the two past gold medalists in trap and skeet shooting the psca the first year of the organization and between the two of them for five events they qualified for one event wow. that just speaks to how difficult sporting clays is that you know they couldn't you know transition it's It's a lot more intense yeah yeah. you have to be able to shoot so many different types of targets and that's what it came down to where you know they couldn't get you know and you know we wouldn't be able to go and beat them in their sport either you know right off the bat 
it would take some time, just like it would take them some time to start being able to compete with us. Nah, we can whip that butt any day of the week. <laughs> nah, we, we got this. This is America right here. We got this. All right. So, all right, so um, what do you think the, the likelihood of us getting uh, shooting clays into the Olympics? Is there sporting clays? Who, sporting, um, I'm sorry, sporting clays. Anyone working on that? Yeah, I think I think it would definitely be better for television. It's more exciting, you know, versus seeing a you know a guy shooting the same thing over and over and over. You know, I think it would just be more exciting. I don't know the likelihood of it happening, but I know that there's people pushing pushing it uh, to the Olympics because I I think you know trap and skeet might be hurting ratings wise, you know, and so maybe they want to bring in uh, a different. Uh, type of uh, shooting sport. All right, so Willie, how did you guys practice uh, your marksmanship? You know, growing up, you know, how'd you how'd you make sure you're you know on target there, shooting at little small things or what? No, um, any nuts? No, we we uh, <laughs> actually, you know, when I when we're traveling around the world, and you know, last year Theo was in Italy for the World Championship. He was in London last year. The year before Dubai, Dubai was. Dubai was the Super Bowl. Mm. It was you were a rock star in Dubai when uh, when in shooting. Dubai, sport. they do it big. They, and everything it, they do, ooh, it yeah. was Dubai Las does Vegas it big. times one hundred. Oh yeah, and uh, the, if you want to be anywhere for New Year's, Dubai. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, <laughs> no Dubai is yes. bigger than I can uh, express. It just and the event was put on by the uh, one of the. Uh, royal family who mm. shoots trap and they laid it out it was unbelievable and the money they pay hmm. $200,000 to win cash, cash. Wow. they pay cash we came back with some cash nice and but anyway it was great and and the way we practice the way Theo practiced I mean we're practice extreme uh what do you mean in other words you know, there are, you know pretty much what the target presentations are going to be in, when you're competing. So we're going to up it. You know, we're, we're going to do Bill Belichick type training. You know, we're going to you know go out there and all right. Instead of fifty yards, we're going to work on seventy yard crosses. Mm. Once we break them, seventy yards. All right, and different speeds and and just making the transition from shooting going up and then down faster. Just so you can slow it down in your mind and do it over and over and over repetition. Now, see, Zach is asking. He's his, it's going through his head right now. He doesn't want to ask. And that is, um, well, you guys going to run two miles? You running five miles, ten miles, twenty miles, thirty miles, forty miles, and then shooting? <laughs> oh, we do training uh, like one arm with an axe every day. Theo, because I, I saw this lady in India. Yeah, she was in India, and she was shooting with one hand, and she's like a great instructor in India teaching all the little housewives over there how to shoot, and she does it with one hand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and well, even with coyotes out yeah. on the ranch, uh, we can control coyote <laughs> population without killing them. We just shoot them while they're running one testicle at a time. Whoa. One that, testicle at a time. That, now, that's high speed there. And uh, shoot. at about 100 yards. Woo! And uh, they... You hear them, yep, you know, but you know you got one. <laughs> yep, you got the other. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, now, that's that's pretty impressive. That is, you know, you don't need a, you, you, no scope, no nothing? Nothing. Nothing. Iron sight. Woo. 
But, you know, I mean, that'll teach you focus. Wow. See that? And when you tell the New York shooter. And that's the training of Willie T right there. Yeah, I'm telling you right that's now. That's how we do it on the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> and you tell the guys, the shooters from New York and Chicago that, and they look at you like a deer in headlights, like, you guys down in Texas do that? Oh, yeah. So that's how you, you trash talk it before you, you oh, start oh, your competition, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, we want to make sure that they're <laughs> visualizing tight coyotes. I like that. That's how you trash talk before you go to an event. You're standing there talking to, you know, yeah, you know. Remember that uh, yesterday? Uh, you remember how you shot that squirrel? Well, you, you know, you hit just the left part of the nut. We need to make sure you hit it on the center of the nut this time. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God. We, we quit. <laughs> they throw in a towel right then and there. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah, that's kind of what uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger used yeah. to do when he was really? psyching people out. Oh, yeah. He yeah. would tell people. He'd come up to them, his competitors. Oh, what's your secret? Oh, yeah, I just take a big old spoonful of salt every morning. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and, and the sport is super competitive. And believe me, there is trash. There's head games, and Theo really? will tell you. Like what? The, give me give me an example. Well, some shooters will shoot a target deliberately the wrong way to to make you and try to kill it. They'll shoot it the opposite the way it's supposed to be. So they'll say they'll get you thinking, well, maybe that's the right way to shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there. yeah, I mean, there's you know quite a few different ways you can try to get new competitors' head. Like he said, you can shoot it a little bit quicker than you normally would. You know, if you want to try to. You know, get into the guy's head, try to gain a target or, or two on a on a station. Or, uh, for example, I was in a shoot-off in the PSCA with a guy, and um, I had the lead, and he started closing it down. All right, and so we're talking with uh, Theo Ribs. We're talking with Willie T. And we're, we're talking about, you know, tighten up that shot group, shooting squirrels. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Texas weather can change on a dime. Flash flooding is expected to begin shortly. When the weather turns severe, turn to us for what you need to know. On air and online at Talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Here, when you need us, Talk 1370 is the right choice. This is a man's world. This is a man's world. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking with Theo Ribs, and he was telling, he was actually talking to us about shooting. You know, we don't get too many uh, professional shooters in here, uh, and, and I need to start doing that a little more this year because this is an, an exciting, you know, topic that we're talking about. You know, we usually it's, uh, focusing on the laws and, and gun laws around the country and stuff like that. So this year, I want to take the show in a totally different direction and get more of the manufacturers in here, get more of the, the shooters in here. And, you know, and I was out doing a, a private class for a winery, uh, and and the, the owner of the winery came up and said, hey, you know, uh, you don't, do you know Theo? I'm like, no. Theo who? He's like, Theo Ribs. How do you, you, know, you don't know who that is? I'm like, no. He's like, well, you, I need to make sure you, I, I'm going to get you your, his contact information. I need to make sure you, you, you guys meet, so... Uh, and then I'm glad he did. And then I got a call earlier this week from somebody else, and they were like, you know, it's just random, you know, hey, you know, do you know Theo? I'm like, no. It's like, <laughs> it's, man, I, I tell you, it's awesome. So I'm, I'm glad we had this conversation. I'm glad we met. Um, I'm glad you came down to, and, and talked with us because I'm really excited about, you know, the things that you're doing. And um, 
you're actually motivating me right now. Right. right <laughs> so yeah. I, thanks I'm, for having me. Mike. Yeah, yeah, really, I'm really happy about that. So you were telling us uh, before we went to break, you were talking to us uh, about some of the things that you're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just just focusing on sporting clays. You know, we were talking about the Olympics and all that other stuff, and how I'm just you know focused on being the best uh, sporting clay shooter in the world, really. So. And so we're gonna we we definitely got to get down to. Uh, where you practice, going right. to sneak down there one day. I'll yeah, find out we're going to get you out to Capital City Trap and Skeet for sure, man. <laughs> we're going to get you. Uh, you're going to. I don't know if you hunt. Do you hunt at all? Doves or anything? No, I would, no, I, no? I would love to. Go. You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm that type of person. I, I just hate doing it. I'd rather just go to the store and just get it out of the store. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to go hunting. I've never been. Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take all you guys out then. How many hours a week do you have to practice to really be sharp? Um, this week I probably have put in probably six to eight hours this week. Yeah, I think I practiced three times this week from two to three hours each time. And then once so again, it, the, the... Dep- it depends, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll put in about four, four days a week is the maximum I really want to put because if you sh- you can easily overshoot, just wear yourself out mentally, wear yourself out physically, and your eyes. You know, you want to be fresh when you go into a competition. So if you wear yourself out, you're already beat before you even get there. So. And so your your firearm that you're using now is, is which one? Is a Kohler. So that's the one that you're using? That's okay. the one I'm using, yes. Nice. And how long have you been using the Kohler? I just got, I've had it like two weeks. That's it? Yeah, that's it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. But uh, it's definitely the best gun I've ever had. Really? For sure. What, yes. Now, why do you like that compared to anything else? Let's, let's get back um, into it. I think it, they're just the engineering of the gun, the balance, the weight distribution. It's not too uh, barrel heavy. It's not too stock heavy. It's just evenly balanced. It's nine pounds, which is a pretty heavy shotgun, but it doesn't feel that way when you move it. Uh, the triggers are so crisp. The best triggers I've ever had on a shotgun by far. And um, the pattern, uh, when so the way you check where, you're, where a gun's shooting for you, you shoot a patterning board to, to see uh, the pattern of the, of the shot, you know, whether it's up and down 60-40 or left to right. You usually want to up and down 60-40, left to right 50-50. And this thing... And there's no holes in the pattern where sometimes with chokes, you'll get a hole, certain holes in the pattern where it's not even, you know, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but, and yeah, the chokes that I'm using for this gun are called pure gold chokes and they make the actual factory chokes for Kohler. So I think that's why they pattern so well because they know the barrel so well. And yeah, it's just the best, best gun you do, you do any AR shooting at all? Uh, we have one. I've only shot it like twice. I don't do a whole lot. Um, I I don't know. I've really never been in whole rifle shooting. I don't want it to sound bad, but it, to me it kind of <laughs> bores me for some reason. Like nice. I like shooting moving targets. Right. Like The only hunting I do is birds, you know, dove, duck, quail, geese. Nice. So, yeah. Are the sporting play shotguns over-under? For the most part, I mean, you'll get some guys shooting semi-autos, but, um, you know, the top guys were all using over and unders. Hmm. I like those. 
Uh, Justin? Yes, sir. What you got for me? Oh, right now I'm just looking at Kohler Arms, looking at some of the guns that they produce, and they do have some beautiful guns. I mean, what's what's the the price range of some of this stuff? Like uh, the probably the lowest one you can get is like between nine to eleven thousand, and then shoot, you can get all the way up to probably forty five thousand, just depending on the engraving on the receiver. And I'm sure as you you're looking at it, you can see some pretty intense engraving they got on some of them. I mean, because when you look at this firearm, it, it, it says America. It really yeah. does when you're looking at it. You know, there's the design, you know, and everything that's on it. So I, that I do like. Where Where are they out of? Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely when you're looking at it, man, the picture, the, the artwork and all that stuff, it's really nice, really nice. You know, the European shotguns have been primarily the German guns and the Italian guns have been – the dominant guns because they really, the English invented sporting clay. Uh, it was invo- invented in England and ha- and English guns, shotgun makers got into it because of, you know, game shooting and then sporting clay and then Italians, Beretta, uh, Parazzi, Kragoff from Germany and Blauser from Germany. But Kohler has taken some technology that I've never seen in a shotgun before. And just the Kohler is a Formula One car. It now, is. how's the trigger compared to like you know other shotguns? Okay, so compared to say my Beretta or Parazzi, um, the difference is that you can watch of any gun in the whole entire world. They cannot do this to other than the Kohler. You can speed up the actual time from when you pull the trigger on the first barrel to pull the trigger on the second barrel. where So if you have a quick pair going away from you, you want to be able to get to the trigger quick, mm-hmm. where a lot of the times on a slow-release trigger, you'll trap the trigger where you it doesn't come back after you pull it the first time, and so you won't be able to pull the trigger for the second shot. Okay. And so it's the only trigger in the whole entire world that you can actually do that to. Oh, wow. And you can you can get it pretty light, so when you hit it, it it goes. And there's no like slack, you know. When you pull the trigger, there's not very much slack from the time the gun goes off. And which model do you have? I have the Max Light Sporter. Okay. Yeah. All right. Nice. Okay. Let me take a look at that one. And they have a, a adjustable front sights on these. I see they've got like a very high um, yeah vent, that vent high rib. rib. Uh-huh. High rib. I don't. I don't use it. It's usually for guys who have longer necks or guys who shoot more straight up. Mm-hmm. But I. I you know, my neck's pretty short, <laughs> so now, I don't have to worry about that. I just oh, shoot my. the. I, I, are you? Are you? Are you <laughs> <laughs> I have no neck. So are you? Are you sponsored by them now? Yeah, I, I have a good uh, a good deal with them uh, through uh, Pat Liskey, who's also a shooter but also a distributor for them, and uh, so Pat. Uh, definitely helped me get a, a a good deal. And if you weren't, would you be worried about messing up a gun that expensive? No, I mean, I don't know. It, it is. What it'd be it hard is. for me to buy one of these and and really feel like I could run it through the paces. You know what I'm saying? Like if this, they build. They almost look like safe queens. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, uh, you, yeah, they they are. That's the thing. They might be expensive, but they're extremely durable. Like. Uh, Olympic shooter who shoots for Kohler, he said he shot half a million rounds through the thing, and he just got 
uh, his triggers redone after half a million rounds. Wow. So. And so, um, uh, so what made you switch uh, to that one? Um, um, honestly, um, I was just having inconsistency problems with the Parazi that I had been shooting prior. I would go light it up sometimes, you know, go and win, and then next time I'd finish mid pack, and you know. So you chose them; they didn't choose you. Yeah, I, I kind of. Um, Reason, because this guy I compete with, Derek Mine, he, mm-hmm. ever since he got the Kohler, he won the championship in Dubai. He just became world champion last year in Italy. Nice. And uh, he's been one of the top guys in the sport the last uh, two to three years, instantly when he got this Kohler. All right, so are you use, and, when you're shooting, are you using, like, the sights at all? Not really, no. Really? No, you... Because it's not like shooting a rifle, you're not aiming. You're you're uh a lot of us shoot with feel. We're kinda of, you're you're reading the target. I mean so you, you can use, see the bead, but you're using you're... the force. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got that. He's using the force. So you're kinda of reading the target with your eyes. You can see the bead as sort of a reference point, but you're more just focused on the target. Yeah, nice. Okay, mm-hmm. and then and Willie T. Someone says that uh, Willie brings an interesting perspective to uh, Clay's. You know, so I guess he like uh, your you know the fact that you your marksmanship is good because of the squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, squirrels are they're 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 nice little guys. Hey, we're not gonna mess with squirrels. We'll get the coyotes. Yeah. You know. Or, or... You know. You know what I do? We we have a squirrel problem at my house, and and what we do is I live in North Austin, so what we do is we have a little squirrel trap. And so we catch them, and then we we put them in the vehicle. We drive them down across the river to South Austin and let them out. <laughs> you know, they're a bunch of animals in no, South Austin anyway. So we're, we're down that way. So we I let them have all the squirrels. I noticed there have been a lot of squirrels oh, yeah. running around. There's, oh, there's an increase in squirrels yeah. in South oh, yeah. Austin. <laughs> you know, and and uh, they they uh, they screw around a lot too. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're they're just not eating nuts, right? Yeah. <laughs> Right? Oh man, I'm telling you. So uh now what what about your mother in all this? Yeah. Um, I mean I've been with my dad from the time I was nine months old. Really? Yeah, he raised me and my sister, so um I mean I'm I'm in contact with my mom but I don't see her very much because no. she's in New York, so I'm just mainly hanging with my dad and nice. that's really about it. And see, and, and that's awesome, you know, you 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 don't you hear, you know, we we talk to people. You know, a lot of people uh, don't have that relationship with their dad, and so right, I think right. that's you know a lot of the problems, you know, with society and a lot of problems that we're seeing uh, because you know young men are growing up, they don't have that relationship with their father, um, and that causes problems. So I'm actually, man, I'm just really impressed by you. I'm in awe right now. Uh, I the it, things man, that yeah. you're doing, um, and I, I hope that we can get into the Olympics. Um, get this sport into the Olympics because I love to see you compete, you know, like that on, on in that level as well. And then, right. man, I got it. oh, I I'm, I'm rooting for you for a championship for sure. Yeah, and I definitely. think it's definitely going to come. It's just all about hard work and being dedicated to what you're doing, and and, and making sure you're not teaching too much uh, and instructing too much so you can practice yourself, right? Exactly. Does that, does that interfere uh, at all? Yeah, it does. Uh, if you give too much shooting lessons, it definitely interferes. You can easily pick up bad habits. From the guys you're teaching, <laughs> and you take away from you know putting the time into yourself. You yeah, because I don't, I don't, I teach all the time. You know, 
classes all the time, and I don't ever get a chance to go shooting. People ask me, well, let's go shooting. Well, I'm like, I'm at the range every day, you know, but <laughs> but right. I don't shoot. Right, right. You know, I'm busy teaching and stuff like that. So you're absolutely right. And it gets to the point where you know, I have to sneak out there myself and, and, and go pop off a couple of rounds or 50 rounds here and there because I got a class coming up, so I need to go practice anyway because I have to – have to do some stuff. What do you got to say over there? I yeah, I've had a nickel smart. for every time I ask you to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because you know what? Because I don't like you. That's why. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> oh, man. All right. So, um, and, and, and you you guys, uh, where did you grow up originally? Because you weren't originally from Texas? No, no. Uh, we originally grew up in San Jose, California. San Jose. Oh, yep. yeah. You had to get out of California as quick as possible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely shooting reasons, you know, of course. Um, and so I came out here when I was uh, 15 years old and went to high school out in Dripping Springs. And ever since then, I'd been shooting. I shoot started shooting a little bit in, in California, but, you know, we knew all the top guys are really in, in the south. Like, now, who do you get to work on your, your guns if you have any problems at all? Um, do you send I can send it to Kohler. Okay. Uh, you know, they can work on the trigger. Or whatever, but you don't really run into a whole lot of problems with these guns. No, when they get that point, you just get a new one, most likely. Yeah, a but new. even you can shoot these guns for ten, fifteen years. Wow, you know, and you don't really want to get a new gun too often because you have to get readjusted to that gun, and that you know that takes some time. You know, it usually takes about ten thousand rounds to really learn a gun and you have you put the 10,000 into the no. new Kohler yet no. no I haven't got there but I'm confident in my abilities that it won't take me 10,000 nice. so. I like that all right hey. I like that we're talking with Theo Ribs we're talking with Willie T we're talking about shooting today this is Michael Cargill and you're listening to come and talk Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Gordon Deal. Join me weekdays for This Morning, America's First News. Hear the stories you'll be talking about and searching for all day as we go beyond the headlines and above the chatter. Weekdays at 5 on Talk 1370. Talk 1370. The right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back. This is our last segment. We're talking with uh, Theo Ribs and also Willie T. Ribs. I tell you, this is, uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting con- conversation here. You guys got to be in here doing the break. Let me tell you, get all the good stuff. <laughs> all right, so uh, uh, Theo, you were telling us about, um, well, let me ask you this. All right, so, all right, so we're gonna, definitely we're going to get out to the range. We're going to do some stuff at the range. Right. Um, and man, I, I we got to get you in, into Central Texas Gunworks. Got to get you into the shop one day. Let's and, go, man. Yeah, anytime. Just give me a call. I'm like I'm free a lot of the time, so you, yes, definitely yeah, get you in there. Get me in, man. Absolutely. Shoot me a text, and I'll come right over. All right, nice. Yeah, get you in there, check out the shop, and all that good kind of stuff. That, that's just awesome. And you're doing some great stuff. Uh, what do you tell people? What do you tell your the your younger generation, the youngsters there that want to get into this sport? You know. What what would be your advice to them? Um, you know, make sure you have parents with a lot of money, <laughs> for one. 
uh, serious, but um, <laughs> and then uh, you know, just if if you're a competitive person and you like shooting, you know, just get out there and put the time in and and put the work in, and that's really all all it comes down to. But money is definitely a huge part of it too. <laughs> Yeah, and oh yeah, find a good coach as well. You know. Now, when you were younger, <clears throat> do you have any problems? You know, trying to you know maybe sneak you know your dad's gun or something like that and go shoot. No, he he was always open with me. He just said, you know, if you want to do it, go do it. I'll you know he get outside and push the buttons for me, and you know it was always whatever I wanted. He knew as a young kid, I was always pretty safe with a gun. I knew you know uh, where where to point it and. I was always, you know, make sure you keep your tri- uh, finger out of the trigger if you're not uh, shooting, all that other stuff. So Nice. And, uh, yeah, because we, man, I tell you, we have that problem all the time. Um, just yesterday, you know, at the range, and uh, that's the biggest problem that people have is when they pick up a gun, they their finger, that finger wants to curl into that trigger guard area. Yep. It just drives me crazy. And I, I show videos and everything as, as much as I possibly can to scare people away from doing that. And that's the one thing that they always do. We get to the range, they totally forget, they get nervous, and they want to put that finger in the trigger guard area. I'm like, no, you're trying to correct the malfunction right now. Get yeah, your well, that's, out of the trigger guard area. that's definitely not the thing to do if you're nervous. Right. <laughs> Just go to the trigger first. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good point wanna... there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then what about some shooting tips? You know, give us some tips on, you know, what we need to, I guess, you know, some things we should look out for if we want to shoot clays. What do you? What exactly do you mean? Like, um, man, like, Some what are common we, mistakes you see people make? Maybe, yeah. Uh, common mistakes. Uh, probably lifting your head. A lot of people lift their head to to, to try to see the target. You know, lift the head off the stock, or you want to keep your head down on and it, move the gun, and move with the target. You know, that makes I mean? sense. I'll tell you one I made when I went shooting shotguns for do? the first time. Stuck the butt stock right there on my shoulder. Mm. instead of right in, in the pocket wedge uh-huh. yeah yeah and a lot of people you know if you don't shoot clays a lot you know that'll happen you'll put it you know in a wrong place and boom and you're like, oh. yeah i couldn't lift my arm for about yeah. four days yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all you know all about getting in the right you know like you said in your pocket and then you know keeping sure you got a good grip on it now how do how do uh, how do people find you you know, are you, you, um, you can find me. Yeah. I have a website, theoribs.com, or you can go to my Facebook, Theo ribs, Instagram, Theo ribs. Uh, you do a lot of posts on Instagram. Um, I'd say I probably have two to 300 posts on there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Decent amount. Not where, a ton. where do you, where you do most of your posting? Probably Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nice. Um, you do any like Facebook live videos or anything like that? Uh, no, not really. I, I, I haven't. I uh, done a Facebook Live video. Yeah, I mean, I just usually had done just regular Facebook videos, but I've not got into Facebook Live yet. And then, how do, how do people find you if they want you to, um, you know, kind of teach them some stuff? Yeah, they just shoot me a message on Facebook, or you can email me too. What do you charge? Uh, usually, a hundred and fifty an hour. Man, you're expensive. You better be good. <laughs> That's what <laughs> no, hey, the, the top guys charge from 150 to 225 an hour. Nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then you'll take them right there to uh, Capital City. Capital City. Mm-hmm. And, but you say you've never been out to Best of the West. I've never been. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's it's um it's up north. Okay. 
North uh, North of Cedar Park. What is that little town that Vesta West is in? Liberty Hill. Liberty Hill. That's right. It's in Liberty Hill. Yeah, that's a huge range. I don't. I don't yeah, and they've got a skeet set up out there as well, too. So it's, it's probably the biggest outdoor range that we have in this area. Now, have you ever heard of the range at Austin, the indoor range? You guys heard of that one? Which one? See, I got to get you around. See, we got to take you a tour of that's Texas. That's what it's called, the indoor range in Austin? It's called the range at the Austin. Range. Oh, the range, yeah, off yeah. Of 35. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, have you been in there before? You? I haven't been in there. I don't shoot a whole lot of pistols or right. rifles. That's why. So there's really no need there's for you no, to go in yeah. there. He's got a Kimber 45. Does he? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And you're, how old are you? I'm 25. 20, all right. So you got your LTC? Uh, yeah. Oh, do you? Nice. Where'd you go get that? Uh, I actually and did I'm it. step on your foot here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually um, did it with a officer called Troy Mays, and we did it out at a private shooting range. Yes. Okay. All right. Nice. So. Okay. Very good. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. Nice. And so you keep up to date with uh, current events and what's going on uh, you know, around the world. Um, what what's some of the other places that you're going to go to next? Like, what's, what's your next big trip? Uh, my next big event will be the Texas State Sporting Clays Championship. In San Antonio? No, that'll be in uh, near Houston. It'll be in, in Katy. And then after that, I go to Georgia for the U.S. Open. And then after that, I think I go to Oklahoma for our second PSCA event. And we're going to win all those, right? Yeah, we're gonna damn sure try. No, we're gonna win all those. <laughs> we got this. We gonna yeah, yeah. We gonna win that. I'm, I'm gonna be right there. I'm watching you. I'm, I'm gonna make sure that I'm watching. When's the, the next one? Is uh, you say it, it's in May? Uh, yeah, it's the last day in May, first week of June. Okay, so that's like right around Memorial Day weekend. I mm-hmm. see something real quick too. Okay, go ahead. You were just recently with uh, Adam Carolla filming something. Adam Carolla is making a movie. Adam Carolla is making a movie on my racing career right now oh that's awesome oh so you you got a is it a documentary movie, or a movie? movie documentary movie documentary that should wrap up in in about six weeks uh and it's filming right now he we're they are in the editing room right now wow okay and what's what's the name of it go ahead tell me uppity well, <laughs> I tell you, you the, are you are kind of uppity. So. <laughs> so that's that's the, a perfect the, name. Uppity, the story of Willie T. Ribs. What do you think of Adam? I've always liked him. He's a great guy. I mean, we've uh, him and I did a show together in London on podcasts uh, last year when we were there for the World Championship for Theo, and uh, it, he's just a real. He's fun, smart as hell. And uh, great to be around, and uh, he doesn't pull any punches. That's what I love about him. Well, I like him because he's he's uh, he's one of the very few conservatives in uh, in L.A. that actually has a, a reach. So, uh, if you ever listen to his podcast, you'll you'll a lot of a lot of things drive him nuts about L.A. <laughs> oh, he tells me all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I bet you. Oh man, that's awesome, man! I, I tell you, I definitely want to thank uh, Willie T for coming on uh, the show today. I want to thank Theo. Uh, like I said, you guys are doing great things. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, you're you're a wonderful role model, uh, Willie T. You've raised a, an outstanding son. I really appreciate that, um, and the world appreciates that. And like I said, I, I can't say you know good things enough about what you're doing. You know, as far as the shooting sports and being a professional shooter out there at the end. Well, he's the, he was an easy kid to raise, as Thanks. always. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for having me, man. More I'll guns. Definitely uh, come on again. 
equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. Take talk with you anywhere with the all-new Talk 1370 app. Listen to your favorite shows. Keep up with the latest breaking news and more. Search for Talk 1370 in the App Store or find the links at Talk1370.com. It's anywhere I need. Talk 1370, the right choice. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.